0: How old are you <laughs> i was doing that have you seen asmr i feel uh, like that would be probably something you would that would not come on your for you page
1: no no it's probably not <clears throat> no they
0: do like so they'll literally take coke cans and they'll like they'll like flick them or like put like their fingernails like on them they'll they'll like tap like the microphone and they'll, and they'll talk for people to listen to. And it's a it's a weird niche of people. It's very calming. A weird niche. Niche. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I I'll show you some videos afterwards. Maybe we can get a live reaction from Pastor James see what that looks like.
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we want to welcome you guys to another episode um, of Experience the Truth. Today, we're talking about the power of the tongue. Uh, Before we begin, though, I just want to say how thankful, uh, you know, speaking for the both of us, how thankful we are uh, for your guys' compliments and your your comments. And uh, it's nice to know that this is making an impact because we're not doing this to listen to ourselves afterwards or hear us talk. It came from uh, you know, we want to know what you guys are asking. What are the things you're wrestling with your faith? And I think having these type of, um, living room conversations can kind of really, we can get to the root of things and, and hopefully the fruit of it would be a, a deeper relationship with Jesus. Cause that's the goal. Cause ultimately it's just clanging symbols if that's not if we're doing this all out of you know just selfish ambition or so we're we're thankful for your comments and this is why we do what we do to hear from you guys so if you guys want to um, introduce new topics you want to see us um, talk about something else i've heard marriage i've heard um, people want to hear about how do you operate as a christian in marriage I, i hear people talk about well you say you talk about the spirit, but what does that look like practically in my day-to-day life while operating in the spirit? Uh, I've heard those things. So if you have anything, drop a comment uh, and let us know what we should talk about next. But so the power of the tongue.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I feel like the, the topics we've kind of covered are a lot of foundational topics. Mm -hmm. Um, that every believer really needs to have some understanding in um in order to have success in their walk with christ but boy to this this in and of itself uh the power of the tongue to recognize the power of the tongue in our life and how we use it i mean james <clears throat> uh likens it to a rudder of a ship hmm. and and he says the rudder of a ship determines the direction that that ship's going in. And it's just a very little thing, such a little thing that you can, when you look at it, can think, wow, that really isn't significant. And yet on a ship, it's extremely significant. And if you lose control of the rudder, you lose control of the direction that ship is going in. And I think a lot of chaos in our homes a lot of chaos in our life, in our workplaces, is due to the lack of respecting the tongue, the rudder of the tongue. And, and if you really wanna go somewhere in the future, and you have a destination you're looking for to go in the future, you really have to consider the importance of your tongue in your life. And so, I, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, this in many ways is elementary, but it's interesting because it's a lot of times we just we just uh don't give um the importance to how we talk uh like like we should any importance to it
0: james 126 if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart this person's religion is worthless
1: yeah i mean i mean think of um You know, I I think a lot of times we talk, we can say things and not realize that what we're saying is almost becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hmm. Like we agree with things that we don't want to agree with and and words and agreement, they go hand in hand. Um, You know, you can, if you're, if you've been married any length of time, one of the things we would tell people when they get married is don't say divorce in your fight. Well, your first fight, if you get married, there are people who, who would literally, that, they, they, they make the statement, well, maybe we should get divorced. Uh, those words um, become agreements <coughs> and truly invite the enemy to come in and work in those areas of our marriages. So really, your words apply to every part of your life. And I think that's what we want to talk about. And we should start in the beginning. I think Um, God used words. If words weren't important, then why does it say in Genesis that God used his words to create everything? Mm -hmm. Everything you see, uh, everything you see was created by the power of words. And, And in basic physics, for instance, if you break down this chair, you say, well, it's made of probably not leather, it's probably a fake leather, or whatever you want to call it. And you break it down, it's broken down into atoms and the neutrons, protons and electrons. And, and those are, uh, neutrons, protons and electrons are broken down into quarks. And quarks, when they're a quark is broken down, it's broken down into vibrations, something that is not seen. Uh, what's interesting about that, just physics, this is science, basic physics science. Everything is held together by a vibration. Vibrations that come together creating a quark that then creates electrons, protons, and neutrons that create atoms, that create the substance that we're sitting on. And and when you realize that God spoke everything in, that was a vibration. The vibration, the voice, the words of God have to slow down in order to create what is all around us and and so if you're wondering well where where is the real proof in it it's scientific physics proves that there's no argument that everything is at it's very a primary state is a vibration and so when you think about that you're like in fact it says in the bible that all things are held together by the words of god Hmm. that order everything all order around us is the sun rising, the sun setting, held together by the words of God. That, that his word that was spoken at creation is still reverberating and holding everything together. And then God created us in his image with the ability to speak. That's pretty incredible because in the same way that his words held together things, we have the power of words that we read in Proverbs that is very clear. In fact, in fact it says uh, in Proverbs, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Um, the, the power <coughs> in the power of the tongue is life and death, mm. that, that's incredible. If you, if you have, if your life is struggling and you're going through, and then you really can begin to see that change just by understanding the power of your tongue and and how you talk
0: and hmm. what you say. it's really interesting. There's uh, I remember growing up my I would get so annoyed with this, but now I look at it and it was I'm like, oh, that's true. Um my my mom and dad would literally not let it. I'm like, "Oh, man, like I'm dying or like oh, I'm starving or like or I'm like, "Oh, I'm so stupid." Or like I would say things and they like like don't speak. They would always say, "Don't speak that. Don't speak that." And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. I don't speak it, but this really sucks what I'm going through right now or like what I'm feeling. I'm like, ah, oh, you don't want to hear that person that's saying that like, oh, words are powerful. I get it, but this is, I don't want to hear that right now. And later on, I, I realized, I'm like, oh yeah, there was a spiritual aspect that I was overlooking or I didn't find important. And I didn't yet believe it, um, that my words really were powerful. And they do dictate like the steps and order of my life. If I truly do believe that I'm made in the image of God.
1: But. Yeah. It, you know, we have the same freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. You can say I could say whatever I want. I have the freedom to say whatever I want. Sure, you have the freedom, but you don't have a freedom to choose what you get from what you say. No, no word is free. Mm-hmm. Every word has a cost. And it'll either cost you something or it's going to be an investment into something. You know, the do you believe the Bible to be the word of God? I think that's one of the things you have to come to because you can know words make a difference. But until you believe words make a difference, you aren't going to take it seriously. So when you hear a scripture, where it says the tongue has the power of life and death. If you believe that's true, then you're going to be more intentional about what you say and what you don't say, especially... If, So here's an example you know um, we had a teacher that told one of our daughters um, that it was okay not every student is as smart as other students and um, the my daughter told me that the teacher had said that and of course if you know me uh, that that just set me (laughs) off so I ended up in the principal's office with the teacher so it's kind of funny uh, if I had to go to the principal's office because I was the one with the teacher Mm. but this time I was there with the teacher and the teacher was the one getting in trouble (laughs) (coughs) and it wasn't that I wanted to get the teacher in trouble but I told that teacher not to ever speak those words over Mm -hmm. my daughter again because what that teacher was doing was that teacher was putting death into the mind of my daughter. And we've been given the mind of Christ. And she was speaking words that was convincing my daughter that she wasn't as smart as maybe other students. And I, and I told that daughter, I said, listen, uh, God doesn't create junk, you're as smart as any other child. Now she had to apply herself more, but she ended up graduating um, with a 4.0 grade point average. And that course of life would have been a whole lot different had we just allowed the words of a teacher to determine the steps of that daughter? And I think a lot of times we underestimate the power of words being spoken over our daughters. And, and here's the thing. This is what happens, Alex. When we don't confront, you know, in Second Corinthians, it says take captive every thought or every word. Make it obedient to Christ. When we don't take it captive, we, become an, we, we enter an agreement with those words. Mm. We begin to accept those <clears throat> words. And when you come into agreement <coughs> with those words, or you speak those words, what you're essentially doing is, is you're, you're accepting that as truth, even though it's not truth. And then when it happens, we say, see, it was reality, it was truth. No, 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 no. You empowered that reality in your life. By what you said. That's why there's death. Well, look what happened in my life. Look, but it didn't need to happen. It didn't need to happen. Um, there's a scripture that says, call things that are not as though they were. Um, if you take the truth of the kingdom and you begin speaking that, you, it's, it doesn't exist. But that scripture is saying you call it out into this atmosphere, into this reality even though it doesn't exist because one day it will exist that that and 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 essentially it comes back to what are you agreeing with and we agree with the words and so it's so important that we take stock and keep accountable the words that we're saying if you keep saying i'm so dumb i'm so dumb like have you done something stupid yeah right and you go man i'm so dumb and stupid That was just stupid of me to do that what do you think the odds are that you're going to do something stupid again you 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 continually you you essentially curse your future by agreeing with it saying i'm stupid i'm dumb i'm not good enough i'm not important enough i don't charismatic enough isn't it amazing how the enemy gets us to agree with his lies ah. and we do it by a word. Sure, the thoughts will come. There's no agreement in the thought. Mm-hmm. The agreement comes when we speak it mm-hmm.
0: out of our mouth. It's like, uh, you know, I feel like that's always rappers or like af- athletes or or it's famous people. They have a, they have some chip on their shoulder and if for whatever reason, it's the first grade teacher or the high school teacher that you're just gonna, they just remember you'll amount to nothing or you won't be this or that, or people that proved them wrong or uh, end up becoming their main source of, of motivation. I just think that's funny. And there's things that people have told me that I've said. I remember I, there was a, te- a teacher of mine in high school. Um, they wanted us to write a note. She wanted us to write, like, write a note about the class or whatever. Um, Uh, for like the following students, it was either that, I can't remember, I can't remember directly what it was, but that's not the point. Um, That's kind of how I, I, I overlooked it, like what I wrote. But anyways, I wrote something like, like you're like the realest and most like genuine teacher I've ever had and said something like nice and like specific to the, one of the, the situations that I, 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 I kind of gave specific kind of admiration about. And, uh, and so like later she still has like, like we still talk from time to time and, and, uh, and she said like, the thing like you said, I never forget what you like wrote to me or said, said about me. And, uh, and I did not like think much about it. I just said what I, you know, what I was thinking and it like stuck with her, it still like sticks with her. And it, it just, and there's been other oper- like, uh, times where people have told me, oh, when you said that, either for good or bad where people remember that. And I'm like, oh, like, wow. You don't think about it sometimes because they're just, to you, it's just, you know, it's just because words are like breathing. We just do them when we communicate, but sometimes uh, until you see the fruit of it, like, oh, wow. I, it's either regret by wishing you didn't say that thing or you know joy when you're like man i really encourage i didn't realize that had an impact on you i'm going to be more intentional with my words Yeah, that that is i mean we're we're our ministry is
1: the ministry of reconciliation Mm -hmm. and you can say well how does that look that's what paul says our we have the ministry of reconciliation uh, of reconciling people to god well how do you do that very simply by recognizing the tool of your words yeah right well i wouldn't know what to say well, like, like you just said, which is was such a great illustration, when you spoke that into her life, there could have been thoughts she was going through where she was starting to believe that she wasn't a good teacher. And, and, and not saying there was, but the possibility is there. Certainly there are teachers <clears throat> that maybe I'm not that good of a teacher. What difference am I making? And then you speak life to where death had been your words became life to her and i and 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 if we recognized (coughs) words have the power to bring life to me Mm -hmm. words have the power to bring life to the people around us Mm -hmm. and And when we recognize, when we say things to people maybe who fail, like if you go to a restaurant and the waitress is doing a terrible job, the natural reaction is to let them know we're very dissatisfied with the service. Certainly we've all been there and and we've been that person that's expressed. But what we really were doing was just contributing our words, contributing words that would bring death to that person rather than recognizing that I, I could actually help her and bless her by speaking life to her. You know, it's funny when I played basketball and there was a guy, uh, I remember it well, uh, he kept missing shots and he goes, he goes, GD God damn is what he said. And and I thought to my, and, and I said out loud, you don't want that to happen, it's already bad enough. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he looked at me and then later found out it was a pastor And, uh, and he was the same guy who said, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, yeah, you need his help. Uh, and, uh, those are like words, you know, they say words. You don't, you just, you say it flippantly because you're angry and you think because you were angry when you said it, that they were empty words, Mm -hmm. you think. Oh, well, I was upset when I said that, so it doesn't count because I said it out of emotion. Mm. Uh, we somehow think because I was angry or upset, I didn't really mean it. So because I didn't mean it, those words no longer have power. Mm. Those words are power. Satan is literally crouching at your door, waiting for permission to destroy your life, destroy your marriage, to destroy your family, to destroy your work, to destroy everything. And, and even when you mm. get angry, and you, out of anger, express things, you have to recognize those words are coming into agreement with Satan's plans in your life. And you have to take captive the thought. It's not the thought that brings you into agreement with those plans, it is the word that comes out of your mouth. And, and I think, you know, Jewish people, you know, we, we do this all the time. Uh, we say things we don't know. Oh, I was just lucky, or it was just a coincidence. Or we we chalk it up to just Mm -hmm. fate, right? Jewish people say, when you say, I'm lucky, what you're saying is you're coming in agreement with Lucifer, which lucky is his nickname. Hmm. Uh, We're giving God, we're giving Lucifer credit for what uh, I just experienced rather than saying, thank you, God, for the blessing in Hmm. my life, recognizing with my mouth, speaking gratitude to the Lord, we're giving gratitude to happenstance, to Lucifer. So... I you know it's something I think we as a, and and don't you agree we're in a culture when you have uh, everything's being said. Yep. No respect for words. No. All kinds of things people are being attacked it, more than ever. We have to become a generation of believers that don't take for granted the power of words.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a, a scary thought, and a lot of times I'm like. Boy, oh, I, I think about that. I'm like, I just said that. And I'm like, forgive me, forgive me, God, because I know I'm going to be held accountable for the words that I say in, in Matthew twelve thirty six, It says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak.
1: And if words weren't that important, why would it matter?
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And then, then the next verse says, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned.
1: Is that New Testament? <laughs> yeah, for real. No, they're just loving,
0: and uh, there's yeah, it's it's such a it's such a weird thought, and I, I think um, I don't th- I think we think of I heard I heard it said like this. There's like a process of becoming a Christian, like your maturity. You start off seeing God as the Lamb, a loving Father, just like a kid does, and that's it you mature and you only see him as the harsh punisher. And like, there's like a fear that takes place with God, but true maturity is seeing him as both that there is a, yes, he is loving and he is so good. And he, it's amazing. And the grace that he gives, but don't take that for granted that, that there is a, there is a harshness um, with God and he is, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that this immense, powerful being that created everything with words and it's all held together by his words. That's a scary thought, but it's like it, it should produce wisdom, not that we should have anxiety about it. But I think that like when we when we recognize that, do we truly believe the power and sovereignty of God? and that we were created in His image, and at one point we're gonna have to give account, an account for every word we speak. I think when we understand that is when it'll dictate and our life will look a whole lot differently, not just with our words, but other areas and aspects of our life, when we realize what I'm doing here matters.
1: Yeah, your words matter. I, I think we think we're insignificant. There are things I think that I've preached before And I don't know, I knew them and I knew it was truth, but I don't know that I believed it Hmm. until I went through it. And I'm like, man, that's exactly what I know to be true. And it happened and you become a believer. I think there's a lot of moments in our life where we become a believer in things. Like we know that that's the case, but then there's that moment where you believe it. Hmm. And, and, And it's the revelation that changes us to where we actually take it serious. Like what we're talking right now about words, we all know. Yeah, we've all know that words make a difference we just don't believe they do it's True. so so when we're in a pit or we're in a situation um we don't we, we can often say things flippantly not even taking seriously what we're saying because we know they make a difference we just don't believe they make a difference and and it's when you get that revelation that whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute uh i i've already said i'll probably die by the time i'm 31. well you're gonna probably die by the time you're 31, not because that was God's plan, but because you gave the enemy permission to take your life at 31, or I'll, or our, my marriage will never make it. Well, not because God didn't want to help you in your marriage to make it, but because you gave the enemy permission through your words to destroy your marriage, so it wouldn't make it. I mean, we're calling things that are not as though they were. Yeah. That's positive, and that can be negative. You have to recognize that God gave you a mouth because He wanted you to be able to use it to bless, not curse. And and uh, and they've even shown where where like plants. Uh, I mean, this is legitimate. Living things like plants, they have this study and it's, you can find this on YouTube, where they they spoke life to the plant and the plant thrived and other plants that they cursed and the plant died. And, and you're like, what? Like, if that's where you're at, it's because you don't believe there's power in your words. You don't believe there's power in your words. You have to recognize that every creation is at its very foundational form is a vibration. And your voice is a vibration. And it impacts the vibrations of creation. And this is the lack of understanding of just pure science. We don't understand science, so we don't realize how how this isn't make believe. Like, this is literally the interaction of of biblical things, spiritual things, with creation. God created it all. And so they, they intersect. And so if, if I took your child and I kept telling them how dumb they were, useless they were, how they never added up or never did what their brother or sister did, it, that child is not likely going to succeed in life or thrive in life. And here's why, because the vibrations of your mouth have intersected in a way with them and, and they've literally entrained, which is another word, meaning the, like the vibrations of their existence is literally entrained with your words and you've essentially spoken death. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You've essentially set them up for that.
0: There's a verse, um, <coughs> it's in uh, Proverbs eighteen nineteen. because I think there is, there's defilement by our words, there's life, there's curses that we can bring by our words, but also I think people will ask, how do I use words in my day-to-day life, which this is day-to-day to, day to day, that what we're talking about, but um, I think this is a great verse in how we handle non-believers or people that we disagree with, which is a huge thing right now mm-hmm. in culture. I really love this in Proverbs eighteen nineteen. It says, a brother who has been insulted is harder to win back than a walled city and arguments separate people like the barred gates of a palace. I think that's so that's so interesting. Uh, your Proverbs eleven seventeen says, "Your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cru- cruel." It's the words that we speak. A lot of times, we think we can win people by an argument to show them life, um, but it, an insult actually closes people up like a like a a barred like gate. And I've seen that because there's been some times where I think it's due to insecurity with my faith. And I feel like if you're not convinced, there's an insecurity with me thinking, maybe I'm wrong and I'm defending it because I'm like, I need this to be right because I'm kind of unsure of this and you need to believe the same thing I believe. But there's no patience. And so then we end up cursing people or throwing them to the wayside by disrespecting them with our words when we're trying to win people over.
1: Yeah, and, and, and how often do you do that when you fight? Like, it yeah. becomes personal. So we yeah. attack them because they're not seeing it our way. We get frustrated, mm-hmm. and then we use our words to attack them because mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you. If you and, and that's how we ended up with the world wars. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, who yells louder, who can be more aggressive and attack mm-hmm. more, and make you feel worse. Mm-hmm. You don't win battles that way. You destroy yeah. um, people that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know i just lost my thoughts i just had. <laughs> I, I like saw it <laughs> did it just fly out of I just, my head
0: i just watched it leave but yeah there's not like i just remember i i'm, I'm looking up all these verses that are that are having to do with the tongue and, and we talk about life and i'm like that's an interesting one because i see a lot of facebook posts especially when it comes politics and in that season are, are condemning people with different beliefs you will never like what you say You'll never win someone to Christ if you hate them. Yeah, never. never. You won't. And it's your words. And it, yeah. I think it's and, – and you said something, I remember, in a message where it's like, if you have a problem with someone, like how often are you praying for that someone? And it'll change the way you think of that person. And our words, I think, kind of dictate that yeah. when we complain about something. So if you have a problem with your spouse, mm-hmm. I think – what we do a lot of times in marriage is we point
1: out that problem with our spouse we don't like it when you do this we don't like it when you do that and we constantly come back to what i don't like and then we we're, what we're saying is we're actually speaking life. now there's death we're, we're not it's not that you can't bring up that this is something i i would love to see, see change in our relationship but we often but when we speak it the reason we don't like those conversations if you're receiving that. It's because it comes like death. It, it, it almost, I'm a failure. I, I can't, don't add up. This is where I'm falling short. And it's often never the case where they're speaking, you know what, you do this really well. We hmm. often are quick to speak things, to point out what we don't like with our words. And rarely do we often say what we love and, and give life and life and life. Even it's a lot more work to take time to, examine how I'm going to address something in someone that I don't like in a way where it's life giving, as opposed to being um, life taking, hmm. you know, one of the things in, in weddings that I'll bring up, because I think it's a marriage, why so many marriages are falling apart is not because marriage is harder today. I think it's because we are terrible at communicating <clears throat> more than ever, we communicate poorly. Um, we're more insecure, and we just communicate poorly. And one of the things I'll bring up, and, and I really believe this, because in weddings, I'll, I'll say your words are really one of the more important things in marriage, how we, how we talk, words of life or words of death. And it's a lot like this. If you're going into surgery, and you're going under, and right before you go out, you hear, no and it's a a chainsaw uh the likelihood of you coming out of that surgery uh better than you were going in is not good sure you may take out uh, whatever needs to be taken out of your body but your lung your heart your your spleen your kidney might come with it a chainsaw is not created to do fine work it's created to do quick work Hmm. often leaving no precision when you go into surgery you need a scalpel that is designed to cut away what needs to be cut away and bringing health to the rest of the body i think we go into marriage using our words more like a chainsaw to be fast and quick and get it but we end up making a whole mess of everything else in that relationship you have to learn to use words and you really need the Lord to help you with that, to use your words in a way where you can cut away those things that are hurting the body while leaving the rest of the organs intact. Um, and and, um, you know, whenever my wife says we need to talk, there's something in me goes oh no. But but when she words it, you know, James, I really love how you really are working hard see how you're trying to do this. And I appreciate that. And this is something that and when she approaches it that way, it says it's really life giving like um, and it makes it a lot easier to hear what she's having to say mm-hmm. um, not yelling louder. We're not trying to overshout each other, but we're we're actually having a conversation where we can grow together and we're not worried about uh, well, she's going to hate me. She's going to throw me to the you know, there's there's life there.
0: There's um, <clears throat> I remember a couple of times. I learned this from a pastor. Uh, that was mentoring me, and it started out with this this lady, just terrible service, bad attitude, and and he's like, here, let's get her. How much you got in your wallet right now? I'm like, let's just bless her, and just watch her face. And we just said kind words to her, and we're like, oh, you did such a, like a, a great job. And to see her reaction was just like it opened up a conversation, and whole demeanor changed. Uh, i've done that a couple times there was one time where i walked into a jimmy john's late and i could tell like it was still 30 minutes left high, i think high school students just get irritated because they want to close up and go home um so they want to close early so i'm coming in and i can tell this this girl that had a bad attitude she was not a fan she's like comes up, she's like what do you want and just giving me the business and i'm like i'm kind of irritated i'm like okay okay and uh just kind of ignoring me and not really like just being really rude and uh (laughs) and then at the end I remember I'm like man god bless you you're doing such a good job thank you for being patient with me and I know it's late I'm I'm sorry that not like I I know what it's like to work in the food business and when people come in it's like oh I just cleaned all this stuff up so I'm I'm sorry um for doing that to you and I'm like here you go and just to see her face and she's like oh I I didn't and she apologized to me I didn't say anything but she apologized the way that she acted um, to me and I didn't have to say anything I think a lot of times we try to we're so focused on being right that we forget where people are at and it's like man like so they've been kicked all day like yep. you, you kicking them again is not gonna well make them, oh, I'm gonna be nice now
1: and if you have the ministry of reconciliation and that's mm-hmm. your identity mm mm-hmm. I'm a reconciler for Jesus mm-hmm. I'm a reconciler for Jesus when you go into that situation you're like oh this is an opportunity to bring life to this person maybe i came to be served but maybe god put me here to serve Mm -hmm. this person like i'm coming Mm -hmm. like when you go into those situations and then you recognize okay first thing i'm going to use what's the first thing you can use to reconcile people your words Mm -hmm. the first thing you can do is right using your words to reconcile Mm-hmm. Um, so words reach not just re, like relational in your life and the future which which I want to bring up next but but you had an opportunity to reconcile her to Christ by just the use of your words hmm the power in the life that you brought to change to change her in that moment change your attitude with your words you were like a
0: rudder on her ship hmm there's been times where I, I literally was just talking to like our media team about this in our group, um, talking about how, you know, in leadership, you, you have you have runners, they, they talk about, there's like runners, walkers, and people that are just like on the bus and they're not like, they're not doing anything, um, like just kind of spectators. And you look at the runners and, and the people that you have in your congregation that, that are just kind of self-sufficient, they don't need the pat on the backs as it seems, they're confident in themselves. Um, And so a lot of times leaders will not recognize or or give compliments or encouragement to those because they don't need it. And we spend time on the people that are spectators to manipulate them into getting to serve or uh, get to that next step in their faith. And it's the runners that actually deserve the more more encouragement. So a lot of times, people because they don't hear that affirmation and just like some like bro, I need a pat on the back. Sometimes I need you're doing a good job. Like it's doing a good job, Alex. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) But it's it's funny because it's like (laughs) when you're when you think that I've heard it said like Craig Rochelle said something like this. When you think that you've given like enough encouragement, go do do then something like go go above and beyond with it because you never can give uh too much uh encouragement and and people need it we need it as as human beings it's like we're not i'm not working for the approval of man so don't get it twisted but to be recognized and to, to get life spoken over you there's a different type of like when you're doing like well we all work hard but when you get uh, life spoken into you or even like recognition and be like, man, I notice what you're doing. Thank you for what you do. There's a different type of like, yeah, all the, the, I've had it happen where the attitude just changes and it's like, I'm making a difference. Like I really needed to hear that. Um, we're humans, we're not robots. And there's something about it where it talks about, it's like nourishment to the soul. And what would that do if you weren't, I mean like, well, what does that look like in your life right now? Who in your life, it says that it, it, pagans can love people that love them. We're called to love our enemies like Christ did. So who in your life needs to hear that probably doesn't deserve it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you can change. Like if you have a boss that's just been rude by the power of your tongue you can speak life into them mm-hmm. in a way you know you often hurt people hurt people
0: yeah exactly
1: so you can often get someone who's really frustrated or struggling because they're under pressure and they put it on you yep. you could change that by the power of your
0: your yeah, words tongue, yep. your
1: words you know um, I have a formula that if you want to know where you're going in your future and and we become very future conscious um, very success conscious. How am I going to be successful? How am I going to live out my life? I mean, really, um, you get all these pictures on the wall. Of how are you, you, you going to be successful? What you're listening to will go through your ear gate. What you let in your ear gate goes through your ear gate. It drops into your heart. That's where we take it captive, right here at the ear gate. What we're hearing, we have to take captive because it can be death or it can be life. Yep. If you're going to stop this, it has to stop at the ear gate. Mm-hmm. What are you listening to? Because you're saying, well, I can't, I can't help myself. I keep saying words and they're death and they're destructive. It's because you're letting things in your ear. You're listening to people who are literally broadcasting death to you. You're letting it in your ear. It goes into your heart. From your heart, the Bible says, out of your heart, your mouth speaks. And then the words in James says, the words that come out of your mouth will prophesy or predict your future. That what you're speaking today is going to take you to the place of where you're going in the future. So if you're going to impact future, if there's a future you want to get to, you don't stop it here and you don't stop it here, you stop it here at the ear. Mm-hmm. You really need people around you that are speaking life, first of all, and and they're not tearing down other people they're not and and it's easy to get caught up in that where we're tearing down people we think are that deserve it and we get even a little worked up you have to recognize when you entertain that attitude in those words it actually is is it's ruminating in your heart Mm -hmm. and then it comes out of your mouth and it's dictating your future and 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 you you have to recognize the power words that's why you don't want to be around people that are constantly tearing down politicians and bosses and leaders and pastors that get out all in the negative thing. We focus so much on tearing down, tearing down, tearing down, and then we don't think it, it's going to have any effect on your life. It's going to have an enormous effect in your life and your relationships and your fine. We're never going to get out of debt. We're never going to get out of debt. We're just never. You're never going to get out of debt because... Your words are literally you're coming into agreement with debt. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to believe. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think that your words have nothing to do with why you're in debt. We're in debt because we spend money or I don't make enough money or I don't get treated. That's what the enemy wants. You to think your words have nothing to do with it and Hmm. they have a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, there is. I think, um, you know, as we wrap up there's a lot I think there's people that are coming to your mind right now and I think there's there's different um like God's bringing things up uh to your mind not to accuse you or condemn you but to challenge you um if (laughs) if Christians don't speak life who is going to speak life in this world we are the only ones who have hope we're supposed to be conduits of hope and I think a lot of uh a lot of times the enemy has used us to be voice like mouthpieces of fear uh hate, uh, and it, and it, and it's tricked us to weapon. I've, I said, I've said this before to weaponize our faith. Uh, we should weaponize our faith, uh, in the sense to come against the enemy that Jesus, when he comes down in the end of days, his tongue will be a sword and it will be split, splitting things in two. And just like those thing, everything created is vibrations. That's how for whatever reason, that's what it's going to be. And you have power in your tongue. It is a sword and it is a weapon when you align yourself with God's will and his word and truth. We're to be salt of the earth. So what are you doing? Are you seasoning people around you? Are you are you um, bringing life or are you just being a problem pointer? It's really easy to poke holes at people and, and problem point because we live in a broken and sinful world. But what can you do uh, to change your atmosphere? And that starts with your words.
1: Before we end, there's one other thing that I want to bring. It's it, We see it in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. But I, I really want you to see this. I want you to envision there are people that are hurting. I want, to, I want you to see their hurt, their wounds, um, just the... Garbage of life that's on people. And if someone were to come in and and they were dirty, they've been through it, they've been through a war, the first thing they would need would be to be cleaned. Hmm. And Ephesians says that we can cleanse them with the washing of the Word. Wow, that's good. And one of the things I think we can do, um, we we think, well, that's praying for them. I, I think it's listening to them and then it's communicating truth. It's, it's really using our words to wash them, to, to recognize through this battle, they picked up some lies. And I just wanna wash you with the truth. Um, and, and just kind of a washing. And <clears throat> we need that. When we sow it, we reap it. The more you sow. You say, well, it's hard work to say words that do that. Listen, do you need it? Because if you need it, and you need to reap that. Farmers plant seed because they need a harvest. We need to eat. So they do the work of planting seed because they know it's gonna feed us. This is so true if you need it. And I know you do, every one of us need uh, to reap that washing in our life because we're all in this, we're all going through it. You sow that by do, washing people with your word. And so even when you're doing it, I want you to visualize, like if you're a visual person like I am, to literally when you're talking to see, boy, I'm just going to wash them. Not, not. I'm not saying don't be, uh, you need to be authentic. You need to be real. Don't just make it up because that, that will actually serve a contrary purpose and people don't want to be manipulated. But but to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to just wash them. It's incredible how it will create a relationship with that person that you will need, that will become an important relationship in your life, and you will reap it because other people, when you're in that place, are gonna come and wash you as well.
0: Yeah, so I pray this blesses you, and I I pray that this would not just be empty words, um, that you're, that you're just, it's in, out, in one ear and out the other. I pray that you would take this into practice. Like, I want to hear like, email me your stories. We want to hear your stories, like how you put this into practice. Uh, because ultimately if this, if you're not taking it and put it into action, what are we doing? We're just listening, but we're not doing anything with our faith. Um, I know when I hear something or I hear a message, I want to, I want to see how I, I can, I can apply that in my life. And there's there's always things that we can work on. Maybe this is something that changes relationships uh, in your life or helps you, you know, show people the love of Christ. So if you have any questions or you wanna tell us a story or a testimony uh, of, you know, the podcast, or I'm, I'm hoping that I would get some stories about you putting this into practice, you can email me at pastoralex at bethelsrock.org, Pastor Alex at bethelsrock.org. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We want to know your questions, uh, but we look forward to hearing from you. We love doing this. And we love being able to kind of be a part of your daily routine. We will see you guys next week uh, for the next episode.